You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Good morning. So glad that you're here. Welcome to church. For all of you watching online, hey, we wish that you could be here, but you're not. But we're glad that you tuned in. Mark chapter 12 is where we're going today. God has something special in store for us as we dig into his word. Mark chapter 12. As we turn there, I wanna uh, bring your attention to a couple of things. Uh, December 12th, that's our missionary offering. If you love to support missions, if you're all about that, and I hope that you are, uh, we love to do something special for them, and that's send them a big, fat, high-rich Christmas bonus. There's nothing that encourages quite like an extra check. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Times have been tough. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. (laughs) And uh, I think that anytime you get a little extra bonus from your, from your family, it just kind of does something to your heart. We wanna encourage those people who have had an incredibly tough past two years. I mean, can you imagine trying to be a missionary during COVID season? Right. Come on now. And so being able to bless them is a big deal. December 19th will be Legacy Sunday. We get to show you kind of where your funds are going, how your generosity is affecting people all around the world. And uh, it'll be an opportunity if you'd like to help us pay off this building, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. We're not a church that's gonna put some heavy-handed money kind of giving thing on you. We don't do that here. Uh, we don't pass plates. We don't ask you for, for anything. We don't put you in a position where you feel guilty about not giving. We just wanna give you the opportunity. And if you'd like to be a part of that, um, you're more than welcome to do so. Mark chapter 12, as we get into our, uh, our kind of Christmas season message, this really has nothing to do with Christmas, but I just thought it was appropriate and good. And I'm the boss, I get to do what I want. So Mark chapter 12, we're getting into a series called What Matters Most? Somebody say, what matters most? Say it again, what matters most? So during this past uh, 18, 19 months, our world has gone through craziness with everyone expressing their opinions about things that are most important. It has gone through a huge list of things that people believe are most important. I wanna just tell you, as somebody that's, uh, that's 46 years old, I've lived through, through a, a, a few crazy things. I'll tell you, things that matter a lot in one season generally change by the next election cycle, right? And depending on whether or not it's an election year, that will depend on what things people think are real important, right? And then as soon as you have that next person that gets elected, it's like, eh, we don't care. Can we all just get along? It doesn't really matter. Hmm. Let bygones be bygones. It's fine. But what matters most during election year is completely different than a non-election year. And I would venture a guess that things that are really, really important to you right now were not the same things that you thought would be important when you were little. I thought when I was a kid that my life would have multiple opportunities to defuse bombs. (laughs) Anybody else thinking, okay, you should never cut the red wire. That's a classic mistake. That's, that's rookie stuff right there. You always go with the green. I don't know. I thought for sure at some point in my life, I was gonna have to learn how to defuse a bomb. Nobody else, really? Seriously? Um, how about lava? Did you think lava was gonna be an important part of your adulthood? How about quicksand? Remember that one? We all had a plan on how to get out of quicksand, like how to fall the right way. to get. I've never even seen quicksand. I have no idea what it even looks like but I thought it was gonna be a big part of my life. I thought breaking out of handcuffs was gonna be, actually, that one. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a big part of my life. But you know, as you, as you continue to mature, as your life goes the path that it goes, things that are important to you in one season, things that are a big deal, 
that don't seem to matter in the next season? Whether it's election year or non-election year, whether it's all about COVID or not about COVID, masks and unmasked, vaxxed and unvaxxed, all those things that seem to matter a whole lot today, tomorrow doesn't matter a lot. And so as we get into this next series, I wanna talk about what matters most, not to you, not to America, what matters the most to God. Because ultimately his word is timeless and he does not change. And when he says this is the most important think it's critical for us to take a good, strong look at our priorities and line them up with God's word. What matters most to the Father? As we're digging into Mark chapter 12, that exact question was asked of Jesus. What's the most important? What's the big idea? What is that which is critical? And Jesus doesn't give one, he gives two. And he links them together At the foundation of our theology and Christianity, he comes back with this simple statement. Mark chapter 12, follow along if you would. Verse 28 says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Uh, The teachers were debating with Jesus over scripture and theology. But noticing that Jesus had given them good answers, he said, okay, Jesus, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Which is the one that really matters? Jesus says, the most important one, somebody say, the most important one, the most important one is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied, you're right in saying that God is one and there is no other God but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, to love your neighbor as yourself, that's more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. I can't help but read a little bit of humor into that when you think of someone that's a scribe that literally spends every single day of their life meticulously just getting really, really deep into the word of God. This person is standing face to face with the word of God made flesh and says, you know what? You got some pretty good ideas. That's that's pretty good. I I like that answer. He says, you know what, Jesus? I think you're right. Really? You think I'm right? I am the word. You know, I wish Jesus would have said that, but he's not as sarcastic as me. But he says, you're right. And he says this, I realized that all these commandments, and by the way, when he says commandments, he doesn't mean 10. He means 613 commandments. You see, the 10 commandments that God had given the Israelite people had gotten broken so many times that they kept coming up with more rules and more laws, more mandates to make sure that we didn't break the ones before. And the more laws that they gave, the more the people broke them. And it had now multiplied to the place where there are 613 commandments. And this scribe says, okay, Out of 613 commandments, which one is the most important? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He asks for one, Jesus gives him two. Lease them together. That man says, you're right. And Jesus says, oh, you're so close. You're so close. His exact words, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Now, I believe that Jesus meant, you've almost got it, you're right there. You've stumbled into the most important discovery. The light bulb has come on. I'm the Messiah. But in my opinion, the way that I think, Jesus is like, hey, you're six inches away from the living truth. 
probably not as sarcastic as me once again. But Jesus tells him in that moment a brilliant statement. You're so close. You're so close. When we look at God's word, when God says, this is the most important thing, I think it's easy for us to respond by saying, you know what, I got it. That's basic Bible 101, love the Lord. Pastor, I wouldn't be here if I didn't love the Lord. I got up, I took a shower, sprayed on some stink water, and got here with my family, which was a chore, made it all the way to church. We didn't come to first service, we did sleep in a little bit, let's not be crazy. But made it to second service and I'm here. No offense to those of you watching online. We're here because we love the Lord and I'm proud of you, good for you, good for you. But it's easy for us to stop there and say we've got that covered. Of course I love the Lord, I came to church on Sunday. But what does it mean to honestly love the Lord? And if it's the most important, most critical thing, if all the 613 laws and commandments point back to this thing, if this is what God says is more important than all the burnt offerings and all the sacrifices that people are doing, if this is the most critical thing, I think we should look a little bit deeper and make sure that we understand what loving God actually looks like. And better yet, could we quantify it and prove that we're actually doing it? If it's that big of a deal to God, it should be that big of a deal to us. Not something that we just dismiss flippantly because we came to church on a Sunday. I'm proud of you that you're here. But could it be that just being here is more than what God is asking of us? Or we've taken it and it's a lot less than what God has asked of us? Could we actually prove that what God is saying is most important is important to us? What does that look like? What matters most to God? I wanna give you three things as we're digging into God's word this morning that I think jump off the page and kind of scream at me as we're trying to quantify what that love looks like. How would I know if I'm honestly loving the Lord? How could I prove it? How could I measure my life and say, okay, I need some work in this area? I wanna give you three things. The first one is simply this. Loving God begins with a desire to know him. Everything starts at that foundational truth. You can't love God unless you know him. And to know him is to love him. It's the reason why we built the growth track of this church on that foundational principle, know God. I believe with all my heart that if you could simply know God, you're gonna fall deeply and madly in love with him. And when you're deeply and madly in love with God, those 613 commandments, you're not gonna have no trouble keeping them. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And depending on which filter that you're using when you read that, you might hear it as manipulation and forced love. Well, if you love me, you better do what I say. Or you could look at it this way. If you love me, you'll keep the commandments. How do you see God? How would you know if you really loved him? It starts with our desire to know him. To know him is to love him. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, it might be really easy for you to fall in love with somebody. Some of you like, hey, the moment I met her, it was love at first sight. It didn't matter that I was married before. I, 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 I just had to have her. Some of us, it's like, hey, all it took was uh, farmersonly.com, that, that, that stock picture. <laughs> what does it take for you to fall in love? Like three shots of tequila and I love anybody. Like, <laughs> we're gonna help you today. <laughs> because if you're honestly gonna fall in love with someone, more than just infatuation or more than lust, it takes some work. It takes some, some good old-fashioned time, time spent. Your time is the most important thing that we can give God because it's our life. It's us. 
And if we're looking to measure our love, it starts with time spent. Not because we have to have some, some clock that we're gonna punch. Well, I've loved God for nine hours today, whatever that means. But it's simply time spent in his presence. When you're dating somebody, if you're not willing to spend time with them, you don't really love them. You're not really gonna get to know them. You can't really fall in love with somebody that's the online version of them only. That's how you get catfish, by the way. If you don't know what that means, don't look it up. Just trust me, it's not good. This is how you end up getting married to somebody that you don't really know. You fell in love with, with the idea of a person or what they showed you, the highlight reel of their life. To know God is to love him. What does it take for you to really fall in love? How do you know that you're in love? I think those are important questions that we ask as we turn our attention to, to our relationship with the Lord. Loving God starts with knowing him. And God reveals himself through things like his word, which the church decided was not that important. Don't read this much anymore. You know, if you're gonna call yourself a Christian, at some point you're gonna have to open this book. God reveals himself through his word. God reveals himself through things like prayer. Well, I need you to pray for me, pastor. No, 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 you need to pray for yourself. Start your relationship with the Lord. Hear yourself talking to him. And here's a good idea. When you're finished, be quiet. Let him talk back. That's how you fall in love with him. He reveals himself through things like worship. Hopefully this morning as you're, as you're listening to our worship team, you had a moment where you closed your eyes. Maybe if you weren't raised Baptist, you even lifted your hands. But God begins to speak to you and reveal himself through worship. God reveals himself through his family. You can get to know God pretty well by looking at his kids. Some of you are like, uh-oh. <laughs> and the same is true with those that we date. You wanna spend time around their family. That's how you know. That's how you know. You gotta hear the stories that their family tells you about them. That's how you get to really know a person. You wanna hear the things that their family embarrasses them with, right? You're like, okay, I can't bring her around my family because they're gonna say things. No, that's how, that's how you know if it's for real, if she can handle your family. Ladies, how do you know he's, he's marriage material? Look at his dad. And imagine your boyfriend, 60 pounds heavier and 13 pounds less of hair. You're like, okay, can I deal with that? Yeah, I can't. Then marry him. <laughs> Look at her mom and say, okay, is, is, is that version of, can I, can I deal with that? Yeah, I like that. Then marry her. <laughs> Don't take that marriage advice from me. That's not that great. <laughs> but you're going to want to spend time with a person and get to know him through their family. God wants us to get to know him through each other. It's difficult when we walk through seasons that we walk through when the church shuts down. And we expect our love for God to get better. And what we've seen over this past year and a half to two years now is that our love for God hadn't gotten stronger, it's gotten weaker. And lots of people have stopped coming back to church. Lots of people have turned their back on God. Lots of people have isolated themselves and fear has driven us into a place where we've fallen out of love with the Lord. We found out that our love was really based more on convenience and safety. Come on, let me talk to you than it is a real relationship. I think that we can measure our desire to know God by our hunger for his word, his people, and his presence. And if you're looking at your life and saying, you know, I really don't hunger for his word, honestly, then let's start there. I don't wanna be around people at church on Sunday. Let's start there. Let's start, start with, I don't wanna spend time, I don't wanna talk to God, I'm afraid of what he's gonna say. I don't wanna spend time praying. 
Let me just tell you, you're not in love with God. Don't tell me that you are. You're not. You're going to hunger for those things. Because you don't face them with the fear of rejection. But you've got a good relationship with them. I think many people, um, they, they want to say that they love God. They want to say that they know him. But honestly, they just kind of know about him. Or they'll use the name of Jesus to better their business. Well, this is a Christian-owned business so that people will trust me and give me their money. Well, my, we're, we're, we're strong Christians. We go to such and such church so that people will trust me. And he used Jesus as a business opportunity. Come on, somebody say yes. You see it happen. And when you get that final bill, you're like, Christian, good Lord. Looks like Scientology prices is what that looks like. Look at this in Matthew 7. Jesus talks about that. He says, many will say to me on that day at the end of all things, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons, perform many, didn't we do supernatural things in your name? He says, and I'm gonna tell them plainly, that word should scare you, plainly, I don't know you. You don't know me. You use my name to open up some doors Use my name to benefit yourself. Use my name to build your platform. But you didn't know me. Depart from me. That's a scary thought. When God says this is the most important thing to me, to get to know me, because to know me is to love me. I think it's important enough for us to take a strong look at ourselves. I believe that many people find power in the name of Jesus and reject the person of Jesus. Third service is gonna amen me a lot more than you guys will. For those of you watching online that like that, just, hey, give me a thumbs up in the chat. I'll appreciate it. We'll look at it later, and I'll say, hey, bless that person, and bless that one too. It's true. We'll use the name when it benefits us, but reject the relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, um, many of us will use uh, encounters that we've had with, with famous people to you know, as a punchline for a joke or as a way to break some ice, you might use your punchline or your celebrity stories um, to, to get you a free cup of coffee or make somebody feel like you're important. I would venture a guess that, that about 99% of the people in this room, and those of you watching online can, can um, agree with this as well, that you have a celebrity story. There was a time in your life where you met somebody that was famous or that other people would consider famous. You have this moment or you had an encounter with somebody that other people would say, or maybe you would say, that's a famous person. Let me see your hand if you've ever met a celebrity. Let me see you. Look at that. Let me see your hand if you've never met anyone that was famous. Where are you guys at? There's a few of you. How many of you were raised Baptist? You will not lift your hand in church no matter what I say. Gotcha. You're no longer Baptist. We got, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, I'm not. One of the cool things that we did uh, a couple of years ago, right before um, COVID hit, uh, Matthew McConaughey was here in, in, in town. And we happened to run into him at Pizza King, which is kind of cool. Um, so he's, you know, he's talking to people and super nice in person. I'm like, ah, that's cool, you know, all right. And he's like, hey, I never heard that one before. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're taking pictures together. And I thought, you know, this is a, this is a cool moment to kind of put some rumors to rest. Because the rumor that I'd always heard about McConaughey, don't judge me, is that he stinks because he doesn't wear deodorant. No one else has heard this? Am I the only person that's heard this? Come on. I've heard that rumor, like he smells like B.O. Everybody says, you know, he looks good, but he smells bad. Like, okay, I get to find out this for myself. 
And so he's like, you wanna take a picture? I'm like, absolutely I do. Hold up the camera, get ready for the picture. And he puts his arm around me and I'm like, this is your moment. You might never get it again. As we're saying cheese, I say. He smells pretty good. That rumor is untrue. He actually smells pretty good. I'm like, it doesn't smell like deodorant. What's that smell? And I'm trying to go back in my mind to think, okay, what was it? It's a, it's a strange smell. Like, oh, that's marijuana. That's what that is. That's weed. Yeah. That, that's that good smelling weed. That's that expensive weed. McConaughey got that expensive weed the way he got. You can smell it. I'm like, what? Doesn't smell bad. Oh, yeah. And I can. <laughs> So, so is he the real pastor? I'm sorry. I am sorry. It's the truth. It happened. I wanted to smell him. That's, is that weird? I got some people that are with me. Like, you, you just mad that you didn't think about it. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and we have other stories that we could go around and swap celebrity stories, and it, it's, that's great. Uh, but here's the thing. Matthew McConaughey doesn't know me. And if someone would tell him the story about the guy that smelled him at Pizza King, he would have no idea what you're talking about because he doesn't know me. And I don't really know him. But I used his name to make you laugh. I wonder how many of us do the same with Jesus. And how many of us will foolishly stand before him on that day, look what we did. And Jesus said, I didn't know you. You didn't love me. I don't know who you are. Wait a minute, I have your name, and I used your name. I think it's important that we look at that scripture and say, okay, Lord, am I part of that? Have I foolishly used your name as a punchline or to get better in ratings on my Google review for my business? Is that all that you are to me? I think many people find that power in the name of Jesus, but they reject the person of Jesus because it, it matters when he's more than just a name on a business card. Here's the second thing I think that is important when we look at what matters most to God. How do we love him? How do we quantify our love for him? Number two, loving God is putting his desires first. I don't care who you are, this does not come natural and normal to any of us. We are at our core very self-centered. No matter how giving you are, you're selfish in some areas. Your desires matter a lot. Some of us are more naturally bent to be more giving than others, but at our core, it's difficult to see someone else's needs as more important than ours. But loving God means exactly that. That means that we trust him and love him enough to realize that the things that he desires are more important than what I want. And it changes the way that we pray and the way that we talk to him when his desires become our desires. I believe that when God says, you know, you seek him first and he'll give you the desires of your heart, I believe that that's misinterpreted because we think all I gotta do is just spend some time with God and he's gonna give me my wish list. That's Santa Claus. <laughs> that's not God. You, you've got your characters mixed up. So what happens when you seek him first, your desires change. They become his desires. And the things that are most important to you suddenly start morphing into what's most important to God. Putting his desires first is something that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do. And we would do this in a relationship. I know that it, it's, it's, it's funny how God will always put opposites together. 
You know, she's nearsighted, you're farsighted, and she likes to sleep it cold, and you're like, I wanna be warm, and she likes to cuddle, and you're like, don't touch me, it's hot. This is Texas. Anybody else? Can I get a witness from anybody else? My wife's love language is physical touch, and I'm like the opposite of that. <laughs> I'm not about that life, because this is Texas, and it's hot. This is my winter jacket. <laughs> it's the truth. And so she loves to cuddle, she loves to be close, and I'm like, ooh, it's hot. Don't judge me, it feels very judgy in here for some reason. <laughs> but I've had to learn through the course of time that what matters most to her should matter to me. And I've learned to lay down my desires and put my arm around her and say, I'm glad I use dial and degree antiperspirant. I can be hot for a few minutes if it means that my wife knows that I love her. But being in love means I'm gonna lay down my desires and God is asking us for the same thing. He says, this is how I wanna be worshiped. This is how our love is supposed to look. And because that's his desire, we lay down ours and pick up his. And we find that in those moments that we know him better, we fall deeper in love with him. And we realize our desires didn't matter that much. You know, when we look in 1 John, it says this, loving God means keeping his commandments. Now, we could stop right there and find a version of theology that is used to manipulate and destroy people's lives, to put so many rules upon them. But notice what he finishes this statement with. He says, his commandments are not burdensome. 613 laws, that's not burdensome? Not if you know the first one. Just love him. Hosea 6, 6, the Lord speaks to us and says, for I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. God says, I didn't, I'm not asking you for burnt offerings and sacrifices and you think that that's your extent, the, the, what you give up for me? He said, no, 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 it's not like that. He said, I, I want you to just love me. And I think many of us still have this view of God that mirrors that same attitude. The more that I give up, the more God's gonna love me. And this is why we'll say things like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is why I, have, I can't smoke. And this is why I can't drink. This is why I can't dip. This is why I can't chew. This is why we can't do premarital sex because I'm giving those things up so that God will love me more. And God's like, what? why don't we just start with loving me? Because we're dealing with all kinds of symptoms and what you think is wrong and what your church thinks is wrong and what your mama said was wrong and what you feel like is right but may not be wrong, what matters most to God? He said, I want you to love me. And we find in the process, and I wanna make sure that you hear this, that our love for God isn't measured by what we give up, but why we don't want it anymore. Why it doesn't matter. Why it doesn't bring me fulfillment. Why it doesn't bring me peace. Because I love him too much. And my love for him means that I'm satisfied. I don't need something else to make my life better. Here's number three, and we'll finish with this. Loving God means being for what he's for. What he's for. You know, over these past two years, uh, a lot of divisions and lines in the sand have been drawn by what you're for, but more than that have been, have been drawn by, by what you're against. By what you hate, what you won't tolerate anymore, what you like, 
or what you don't like. What matters most is what matters most to God. What is he for? What's he for? I think it's important that we see that when this scribe comes to Jesus and tells him what's the most important commandment, that Jesus doesn't give him just one, he puts two. He marries these two together because you can't separate one from the other. He says, you're gonna love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It shows us once and for all that you can't love God without loving people. 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 This is the hard part because we've separated loving God and felt like in our own, uh, in our own theology, I can have a great relationship with God and never have to love another person. I want to check that by what Jesus says is most important. He ties those two together. You know, in the other gospels, Jesus goes on and answers a second question because the man said, okay, then, then who is my neighbor? He doesn't just mention the people that live next door to you or across the street from you. He starts mentioning people that live in a different society, that believe differently, people that have been marginalized and rejected. He says, those were the good ones. He gives the story of the good Samaritan. Just to mention the name Samaritan was something that brought up a red flag, a trigger warning to a scribe. And Jesus makes him the hero of the story. He said, he's the one that did it right by loving someone that couldn't love him in return. Ouch. God says, in this moment, when this scribe hears this story, when he hears the, the commandments, when he hears it come back to this one simple truth, love, a light bulb flashes. He says, wait a minute. You're right, Jesus. To love the Lord and to love people, that's more important than all these 613 laws and all the sacrifices, all the rules. And Jesus says, oh, you're not far. You're not far. You're so close to the kingdom of God. He says, because you see it, now you get it. Have you done it? And this is where I feel like we still are as a church. We understand it. We see the importance of it. The question is, this week in your life, can you actually practically, physically do it? Can you show love to someone that didn't vote like you voted? Someone that doesn't have the same color of skin as you? Can you show love, God's love, to someone that doesn't look at sex the same way you look at it? In a world full of divisions, the love of God is the only hope that our world has. And who in the world is better equipped to show that than the church? And when we see the failures in our world to show God's love, we point fingers and say, it's your fault, and it's your fault, and this group's fault, and that group's fault. And we have to elect someone else in here that'll do it right. And God's saying, wait a minute. That's what you're for. This is my family, my children, and we're supposed to love. Love doesn't mean agreeing with someone. Please get that out of your mind. If you thought that you, that you had to agree 100% with someone in order to love them, you wouldn't be married. You can't even agree on what you're having for lunch after this service. Don't tell me that. Love does not mean agreeing with someone. Jesus never said that with the story of the Good Samaritan. 
So what's most important? What has the world screamed at us? That the most important thing is racism? The most important thing is abortion? The most important thing is gun control? The most important thing is immigration? Are those important things? Sure. But what's most important to him? He says, love me. Fall deeper in love with me. Why? Because if you love that, you wouldn't have these issues. You wouldn't look at people's skin and say, I'm different or better or worse off than you. You wouldn't have that. And this is my heart and my hope for you today, that you can hear God's word and go from pointing a finger at someone else to allowing God's word to expose some areas in your own heart. Lord, if this is most important to you, then it needs to be important to me. And how I express your love matters deeply to you. And if I can get you to fall madly in love with Jesus, if I can get you to see his word in a new way, if I can get you to see his word as something to be internalized and then worked out practically, man, it's gonna make my job so much easier as a pastor. Guess what? You're not gonna have a lot of marriage problems because you're preferring one another in love. I don't know anybody that ever got a divorce when they're busy preferring each other. He prefers me so much. He gives me everything, all of his time and attention, everything he does. I'm I'm his whole world and I hate him like, that's never happened, not in the history of ever. He loves the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loves his neighbor as himself. I have to have a divorce. Like, <laughs> it's never been said. If I can get you to fall madly in love with Jesus, if I can get you to spend time in his word, spend time in his presence, to worship him with all your heart, to focus your attention on what matters to him most, everything else falls into place. Let me ask you, is what's most important to God most important to you? And if it is, can we walk that out this week? I wanna give you a challenge to find somebody to show and extend practical love to that doesn't look like you, that didn't vote like you, doesn't act like you, doesn't go to your same church. It's easy for us to love one another. That's a, that's a big deal. We've got that. We're trying. We're working hard uh, but because we, we look a lot alike. We agree on a lot of things. But what about those that don't? What about loving someone that can't repay you? What about loving someone not because it means more business for you, more money in your pocket, but just loving them because God says love them? You know, sometimes love looks like keeping your mouth shut. Is that okay to say? Can I? Sometimes love looks like I'm gonna pray for them instead of giving them peace of my mind. Lord, please help them. <laughs> strengthen them, Lord, minister to them. I, I, I really wanted to, uh, mm, I was raised on the, on the south side and I can't, I can't be uh, trusted in this situation. They said something and I'm uh, triggered. Can, can we love? The Bible tells us this, that love covers a multitude of sin. And we are living in an age where you're, you're walking into a mall with a multitude of sin. You're opening up your phone to a multitude of sin. Where's the love? It may be basic. It may be rudimentary. But the question is, if this is most important to God, is it still most important to me? Would you bow your head and close your eyes and go ahead and put away your notes? Power down your phone for just a minute. As we finish up today, I wanna give you a chance to respond to the Holy Spirit. If you're watching online, I wanna just invite you to have a moment of honesty and transparency between you and the Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment and simply pray a prayer like this. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What does this mean to me? 
Is there someone that you're asking me to bless this week? And does that person directly benefit me? Or could it be that you just wanna show your love to someone and you wanna use me to do it? What does that look like? I believe that loving God means that we love people. That looks like generosity. It looks like care, genuine care. It looks like time spent. It looks like practical needs met. It looks like friendship. It might be a listening ear. Maybe it's a Christmas bonus. But what could God do in our world if the church stopped pointing fingers and started loving? Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would put people and situations upon our hearts and our minds, things that you're calling us to turn our attention to so that you can extend your love to somebody that needs it. Lord, would you touch our minds? Would you help us to have the boldness to be obedient to what you're asking of us to do? In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, as we finish up the service today, I wanna give you an opportunity to settle an issue that you may have in your heart. My friend, if you're gonna be honest today, what happens at the end of your life and do you know for a fact that you're gonna be with God in heaven? And if there's doubt in your mind, if you're not sure, I wanna help you nail that down today by taking a step towards the Lord. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, then let me help you to do that. I wanna help you just like somebody helped me one time and give you a chance to respond. You may say, I, I wanna do that, Pastor. I wanna make sure, I wanna know, I wanna take a step towards the Lord. How do I do that? Let me help you. I want you to pray a prayer with me right where you are. I'll pause at the end of each phrase to give you a chance to repeat it with me and I'll help you. The prayer goes like this, pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, but you rose again so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I invite you to come into my heart, be my savior, my boss, Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that was you, my friend, and you prayed that prayer with me, I'm so proud of you. As a matter of fact, would you go ahead and just look up at me? If you prayed that prayer with me, look up at me, then lift up your hand and say, that was me, Pastor. I prayed that prayer. Good, I see you. Good. Good, young lady. Good for you. So proud of you. Good for you. If you pray that prayer with me, I would love to connect with you. And there's a phone number on the screen. It's 844-HRC-TEXT. If you just prayed that prayer, text me the words I prayed. What I'll do is I'll send you some links to some videos that we prepared for you to help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. I'm proud of you. You've taken one step. Would you keep going? It's good for you. Let us help you. Awesome. Well, Highridge family, would you guys go ahead and look up at me, then stand to your feet all across this place. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today. I pray that this has strengthened and encouraged you and blessed you a little bit, given you some pause to think and hopefully helped you love God more. I have our elders and their wives coming forward now. And these guys are gonna stay at the front of this platform to make sure that they're available for you if you have any prayer needs. We would love to pray for you. We believe that God still answers prayer, amen?
He still answers prayer. And we would love to pray for you. For everyone else, I want to remind you, hey, next week is missionary offering. Thank you so much for loving people that are willing to go to places that most of us would turn our nose up at. And loving people that are completely different than us and don't even speak the same language. Because of your generosity, we're able to bless them and continue to support them. That matters a ton to me. And I know it matters to them. So thank you for being a generous church. On uh, December 19th, we'll do our legacy offering to help pay this building off. This is a $2.2 million building that we built um, a little over a year ago. And we only owe 1.3 on it. We're so close. I mean, how cool. I think through our generosity and if you're willing to, to, to get in on this with us, we can pay this thing off quickly. I talked to our, our, our banker, the guy that did our, this side, side note, but he did our, our loan and he says, man, I really would love to, to get in business with you guys. You guys are so great. You did, you did such an awesome thing. I'm like, hey, I think we're gonna have this thing paid off in two years. He's like, oh, don't do that. Please. <laughs> we're counting on you to have this some 20 or 30 year note and you know, pay it off in a lot. Just take your time. Like, mm, no, no, no. The Bible says we run from debt, and uh, we're going to run from this. Uh, what else could we do if we didn't have to pay a mortgage payment every single month? I like those questions. That's a good one. Let me pray for you and bless you as we finish. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you bless them with an incredible week following after you, being the hands and the feet of Jesus, loving you and loving people all week long. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing day. God bless. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.